sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio, brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hola, and welcome to Around the Hearn. i be honest with you, full disclosure, I did not know if I was going to be able to record an episode this week just because of uh, not feeling the greatest and trying to kind of stay, get better. Kind of been on the couch for a couple of days trying to call games has been a challenge, but soldiering on and a couple of terrific guests on this episode and Matt Tabler, the coach at Perry, and a kind of revision. He's not not the first two-time guest because, I'll be honest with you, I don't want it to go to his head. But Keith Udendorf, I talked to him after flight of the hoop a couple of days ago. You'll hear that interview. I was interviewing him for the newspaper, and I listened to it back, and I thought it, it was mostly clean enough, cleaned it up a little bit, and he's got some great things to say about his program that returns to his old stomping grounds tonight to take on Fort Jennings. You've got uh, just a, a terrific slate of games. We get just two weeks away from the tournament draw coming up, two weeks from Sunday. And I'll get into the basketball schedule here in a second, but there's one story I really wanted to be able to have this guy on this week because I know how much he has put into this article, but it didn't work out, so we're going to do it next week. Uh, Joe Drake, the sports editor of the Delphi Herald and DHI Media, will be on to talk about. He wrote a terrific article that's up on the Delphi Herald site right now and in print tomorrow, I believe, when the paper comes out on Saturday. But... It's about the, the, it's entitled Girls Can Do It Too. And it's about the female wrestlers in the area and how there's a handful of them. I, I encourage you to read it because it talks about uh, how hard these young ladies are working at Delphus Jefferson and just about uh, Maddie Allen at Lincoln View as well. I just, uh, I love this article because I'm going to have Joe on to talk about it. So I don't want to go real deep with a dive here today, but. It's something I know he's very passionate about, and he's been able to do a great job of getting out and covering things, even though he takes a lot of uh, maybe guff for not doing enough of this or not doing enough of that. You're never going to please any everybody, and it is what it is. But, I again, read the article because it's a terrific look, and we'll have Joe on this podcast next week. We just couldn't make the timing work out. He's a very busy dude. I sometimes get busy as well. Uh, the big news in the area, this actually just broke today from Aaron Matthews, the commissioner of the NWCC. Uh, Crestline will be joining the Northwest Central Conference just in football. They also uh, have been playing as an independent and have a scheduling agreement with the Blanchard Valley Conference for 2020, but they will be aboard in 21. Uh, they talk about how they're pleased in the press release to be a part of it, but just for football, and the other notice came a couple of days ago where Holgate was voted out of the GMC. They themselves at their board meeting, I believe, last week voted not to leave the GMC. The GMC did not see it quite the same way. Holgate has done well with eight-man football, and it'll be just interesting to me to see how the rest of that kind of turns out uh, with what that means as far as ripple effect because I don't know that uh, the end of the eight-man football thing is over because there's a lot of teams who might do better, might have a better number with eight-man football than uh, the way that everything else is going right now. And there's a lot of rumors out there about conference realignment that are fascinating because, I mean, they've always been out there. But 
whether it actually happens now that a couple of the dominoes are moving. I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. It is kind of getting to that point, usually this time of year. The back half of the basketball season, you start to hear this or that, but already two things that have happened. We'll just have to wait and see uh, what happens the rest of the way. Coming up in just a few, talk to Keith Dutendorf, the head coach at Audeville, when we return here on Around the Hearn. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench, ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. You know, you're right. A customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. You guys come out, you get that big run, they get a big run, you get a big run. Sort of, you, you go into your couple of your timeouts, sort of a way to weather the storm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, the guys came out of timeouts and were able to weather the storm, like you said. Um, I, we knew they were going to make runs. We knew they were a spurt team. We try, and we think we're a spurt team at times, too. Um, so that was just the, we talked about the adversity during the game, and they were going to make a run. We had to kind of counter and make a run. So I'm really proud of our kids for, for being able to respond out of those situations. End of the first quarter, you go into your timeout between the breaks. Mark uh, Bixler has 10 right out of the gate. What do you do to him differently? He doesn't score. Kind of a free throw, kind of a garbage bucket towards the end of the game. Until late. Yeah, I think I think he's really good for one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, obviously he got. I think his quickness probably caught us off guard at the beginning. And he, he's a powerful kid and kind of worked us under. I think we gave a little bit more space and made sure we had our butt to the basket for, for lack of a better term, defensively. That's our terminology. And we kept him in front and at least made it made it more difficult for him to get where he wanted to go, create for others, and then shoot over top of hands. What I was impressed with is it seemed like you guys were having fun and you know you, you weren't obviously earlier in the season with injuries it, it sort of carries over and it's become kind of an infectious thing that you're able to harness yeah you know momentum is a, is a funny and crazy thing when you have it you want to ride the wave and right now we're on a wave i hope that wave continues to get bigger and bigger over the course of time and uh, this is such a great win for our kids and our program um Obviously, this opportunity here at this place is, is, is such a tremendous opportunity for our kids to kind of come down here in a new environment and, and have some fun. You talked about uh, it seems like we're having fun. We talked about it last, it was actually even a couple of weeks ago. We were in the middle of this momentum a little bit. We still, it felt like heavy for us still. And I think after we had a little chat and we talked about it, and we've emphasized literally go have fun and, and find your joy in playing the game. And I think our kids are starting to do that. And uh, like you said, it's infectious. I know it's kind of a, an odd, superfluous thing, but it has to be kind of a cool thing to you that just you and Isaiah Carson have ever had, to my knowledge, again, been able to play and coach in this thing. Uh, yeah, well, first... Or it, not the venue, but the... Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure if you could qualify me as playing. Um, <laughs> I guess I was a part of it. But, uh, yeah, it is cool. Participate-ish. Yes, yes. I, I, it is a cool thing. Um, for me, yeah, I, it, it's, it's, it's cool, but I, 
to be honest, the reason we came down here is for those kids to experience something like this. And hopefully this is something that uh, we can draw on later, hopefully down the road, and, and take this experience and grow. But now you're historical in the right way. <laughs> I guess. That might be the first time. <laughs> I, I love, uh, you know, you get the normal performances, but the two that stick out to me, Will absolutely balls out. I love the confidence in which he shot his threes with. Yep. And Josh, you play him a lot more minutes now. And I had uh, my color guy, Sly, said, I'm really excited to see what this kid does when he's healthy. You say he's not 100%. He looked pretty darn good today. Yeah, he did. And and we did extend his minutes quite a bit. And we actually even extended Ryan's a little bit, uh, probably more than we were anticipating. But I guess the game dictated that. They felt good. Um, yeah, you talked about Will playing a great game. I thought Joe was tremendous. We even got great timely shots from Trey. Kyle Manns played a great part in it, too. And we even got spot things from Jack Langhouse and Grant where we needed a nice job down low. And Drew played probably one of the best games he's played all year. So I'm really excited for those two seniors and those role players that, yeah, Josh and Ryan are the are the centerpieces, perhaps, but those guys are going to make us go. And I was so happy that they had success down here uh, and found their their role and, and excelled in it. How do you guys harness this going into Friday night? <laughs> I think we're just going to ride the wave. Anti Utdorf. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I think we're riding the wave. We're just going to go get better the rest of the week in practice and and Friday night, hopefully. Play a, uh, a team that's going to want to beat us pretty bad. Oh, they do. Yes, I know. And try to carry that forward and, and get one more, uh, get get a little bit better by the end of the week. Good luck. Thank you. Have you ever noticed how Lee Kensel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? Uh, no. How so? Well, you got your Lee Kensel team starters who have all the experience and can really make things happen, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. Yep, deep bench there for sure. Then you got the front office personnel. That's all of us. You know, you're right. Lee Kensel Chevy Buick GMC is a lot like a sports team. And if you had an our playbook, which includes so many ways to score on a new or pre-owned car truck, the simile is complete. It is, and with our biggest in the area, Lee Kinsel Selection, a customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Like Chevrolet says, find new roads. And Danny. Yeah, coach? I hope you can dance. We need some cheerleaders. Back on the show talking Perry basketball with the head coach and Matt Tabler. Not a bad start so far, 9-4, and four, especially when you consider the fact that your losses this year, and it, I know it's kind of odd to start with that, but your losses are to obviously very good teams, and you gave them a heck of a shot. Yeah, we're, we're young. Um, we knew it was going to be a little learning curve. Um, we do have a couple guys returning, and, and sophomores Terry Riley and Ryan Yinks, and then and then our senior, Chaz Jackson. But after that, uh, most of these kids have just played JV basketball. So uh, we knew there would be a learning curve, and, and the way we've toughened up our schedule, and you talk about the losses, we, we were up actually 15 on Delta St. John's in the first half. That was our first game of the season, and we were still up one with 30 seconds to go, and we lost by five. Um, a young team can just find a way to do something like that. And then Shawnee, obviously, um, is just just overmatched us we had we had no answer for all the weapons that they have and and I don't think anyone else they've played has had any match for them um and then um 
another loss was to Walpock. And this is what you're going to get with the young team. It, we, we're a better basketball team, I feel, than Walpock. But Walpock uh, made us play their game, which because they're well coached. And, and we shot 28% from the floor. But you're going to get that with the young teams. And then, unfortunately, we just dropped one this past Tuesday against Minster by 12. Um, and we didn't have our leading score. He was suspended from the team in Chaz Jackson. Uh, for breaking team rules, and so we didn't have him. And and we we've gone actually six weeks without Ryan Yanks. He's our quarterback on our football team, and uh, we're hoping to get him back here real soon. I absolutely love Ryan Yanks. I get to spend some time with him during the summer when he plays Legion baseball. And you have a heck of a leader in that kid, if nothing else. The first thing is he has a million dollar personality, man. You you gotta love the kid. Um, he actually has a twin brother. His twin brother excels in different sports. He was a state qualifier in cross country and in track, and and he plays basketball with us too. He's still on the JV team, but he's going to be a heck of a heck of a player as well. But Ryan is is that leader that you talk about, that quarterback that you need out there. And every game that he sat out here, the last eight games, he is up being vocal with the guys, and and that's all you know goes back to him the way he was raised by his parents, great parents, great family. And we've, we've truly missed, um, you know, that leadership on the floor, just not the vocal, but the actual play. You get uh, kind of an awkward Minster team at times. They were sort of looking to find their own footing. And I know they do some different things, or at least they try some different things defensively. Uh, was that kind of a, a thing that they were able to do to you guys? Well, we knew they were going to play 2-3 zone. And we also know they don't play 2-3 zone that often. Um <clears throat> because there were a lot of holes in the zone. And, and we had kids that had to probably take more shots and play more minutes. We only actually had five guys playing that night. Um, we did bring three guys off the bench because of the way we play, but they're all JV basketball players. Um, so when you're missing Chaz and Ryan, you you got to fill people uh, in, in those spots, but they're just not used to those roles. Um, we would like to play them again at full strength. I think that we'd probably give them a better game. Not saying we'd win, but I think it would be a better game. Um, but they are just so strong. And, and I don't even know if we just have a Chaz Jackson that playing that night that we beat them. We need someone like a Ryan Yanks underneath to match their physicality. And, you know, that was the big knock a couple years ago when we made our state run is that you're never going to get by the MAC teams because they play a tough schedule and they're physical. But we had a physical team, and um, we had a team that was committed to the weight room in 17. And, and, and although we have sophomores, they're just not committed to the weight room um, in the off season. We got them in there during season, but they're just not committed in the off season. And like we told them, it, it's nice to win our league, but if you want to go where we all want to go and our top goal, you got to beat MAC teams and you got to beat, well, this year you'd have to beat, to, with the change of our regional, you'd have to beat a Putnam County League school or a Northwest Conference school, you know, you need strength and you need to hit the weight room. And I think our sophomores are quickly realizing this year and hopefully they commit to it this spring. I'm glad that you brought up the state run. I, I was going to ask you about that. How, how was that? You're able to look back at that obviously now when you kind of go through it. I mean, with everything that you guys go through, I know that there were a lot of people that sort of, uh, I don't want to say jumped on your bandwagon, but definitely felt for what you were going through and were hoping you were able to, to get that one done. Could you guys feel that from the inside? I think as every coach, you dream to bring your team to a Final Four. Um, I, I, I had the opportunity to play at Lima Central Catholic, and I had an opportunity as a freshman to keep stats when we went to the state Final Four game and then sit at the end of the bench as a sophomore 
and actually get to play in a state championship game my junior year. And it was probably one of the best feelings I'd ever had. And I knew at that point I wanted to be a coach someday and, and, and bring my team there. It's so funny that you bring this up. Coach Kill and I were hanging out, watching a little basketball last night, the High State Minnesota game. And we were just talking about it. Frank goes, just give me one more chance to get there. And I'm like, dude, man, you've already won enough. Let me get back. <laughs> and, and you know, it's just one of those things because that's what we strive for as coaches. And, and, and you don't get to pick your kids. It's what comes up in your system. And, and uh, the feeling that I had back in high school was how this community felt. And, and that's another thing I joked about Coach Kill. I got made fun of so much when I came to Perry as the basketball coach. Oh, it's just Perry. That's just Perry. And I was like, I really took that to heart. And that made me work that much harder to try to build this basketball program. Because I love this community. And I love these kids. And I was sick of people just saying, oh, that's just Perry. And I think that those kids put us on the map in our community, like you said, you know, even not in within the Perry community, but the whole Lyman community jumped on board. And yes, we felt that because we did have some adversity through the season. And then we did um, have more adversity at the end with coach lane. And it was just one of those that we, we were there for each other. And a lot of people say family when they break the huddle, but man, you, you, we went through probably more in those six months than a lot of families do in years. And, um, it grew, it grew us so close together. I'm in still contact with a lot of those guys and, Man, that's just a great run. And, and every once in a while, I'll hear a Perry, Perry community member just say, man, I'd love to do that again. And it's just one of those experiences that you just can't explain until you're part of it. And uh, to be the head coach was so much fun, but very stressful. And I had so many people reach out from Denny Thompson to Coach Elwer, uh, to Coach Kill, obviously, Coach Segerson, just, you know, giving me a piece of advice and, and, and the biggest piece of advice is going to go quick, but enjoy it. And it really did. But again, those feelings is, um, some those feelings are something that you want to replicate and you want to replicate them as much as possible. And, uh, like, like I said, coach kill and I were talking about that and hopefully someday we can get back there. About 20 days ago from how I taped this, you got Frank by a point. So when you guys hang out, you just, hey, I'm going to go get a pop out of the fridge, uh, 56, 55, and then just walk away. <laughs> well, I told him when we first started this, we both agreed that no matter what happens in the game, because we're such good friends, and we wanted to do it right. We wanted to build like a little, um, we said when we are 80 years old wearing Velcro pants, have a walk or we want to walk in the gym and watch a Perry LCC game saying, Hey, we started this. And that's something that um, we're hopefully doing by, by getting a trophy, a traveling trophy. And, and fortunately it's so funny. He did bring this up the other night. He said, yeah, you told, told me when we first started this series that, that LCC would probably win the first one, but I'm going to get the next five or six. And uh, actually we've been fortunate enough to win all three games. And, uh, but we also said we're going to break bread together. It doesn't matter what happens. We're going to go to Wings and Rings, and we're going to go enjoy a pop and just talk about the game. Um, I'm finding it tougher and tougher to do since I've been 3-0 and against them. But I couldn't. It's like meeting your little brother. It's just not fun making fun of him after a while. Yeah, and you know what? I, I have so much respect for Frank and what he's done and accomplished as a player and as a coach and the relationships he's built with those kids over there. And obviously I'm a little biased because I want LCC to win every game besides one 
because I graduated from there. So I always want to see him do well. And he is probably the most positive person that I've ever been around. And that's why I think he's one of my friends because I'm negative by nature and I need positive people around me. And, and Frank's always positive. So when he does beat me the first time, man, me being so negative, I'm going to have to be positive just because he's been so positive these last three years. I, uh, I had him on a couple weeks ago and I love to, uh, to banter with him because I told him, you know, I've disliked you for a long time uh, because when he played at Lincoln View with all those great teams, they'd come into the old closet and just beat up on Spencerville all the time. And then all those years with LCC with being in, not being in the NWC, what they were able to do. I said, you know, I want to not like you, but I, I just, you're charismatic and I like you for some reason. I think it's because he's a Carolina fan. It must be. It must be one of those. You know, we, we got to do this one night. We talked about this, and you need to come along. And Matthew, um, you know how Duke and North Carolina always play one of those last games, but we know you'll be working a game somewhere, so you won't be able That's to go. Chance. We are planning a trip. If they're playing at Carolina at the end of the season, we're getting in the car and we're driving down to watch the Carolina-Duke game because we're going to scratch that one off our bucket list. Yeah, we're going to be watching it from a bar in downtown Durham somewhere. That's all right. We got on stuff up. We can cough yeah, up two hundred dollars for on, one ticket. Get on, yeah, right. Two hundred bucks for one ticket. Now who's dreaming? Up in the nosebleeds. <laughs> right. Yeah, you wish. Not for that game. Uh, big yeah. game tonight. You've got Ridgemont, and you start your. You called it your tournament spree, where you go Friday, Tuesday. Uh, a schedule that sets up well for you with trying to get everybody back and healthy for your last handful of games. Well, yeah. I mean, it's one of those where. Um, a lot of people knock on it because they like the double weekend. Um, there's many reasons why I like it. I, as a player, obviously, I grew up like that because we never had a league at LCC, so we always played Saturday, Tuesday. I'm just used to that. What I like about it for our kids is, like you said, it sets up as a tournament. you got to go Friday, Tuesday, and Division Four, and so or Tuesday, Friday, and Division Four. So that's what we're, we're looking at, and that's what we're trying to set up and replicate. Um, I also like it because it breaks up our practice week. Um, you know, we, we do have to prepare for a league opponent, but I prepare our kids a lot different. Um, I like to prepare our kids to do what we do, kind of see what they do so we can make that adjustment. But we're not going to memorize their plays. We're not going to we, – we'll know their personnel and who's the shooter, who's the rebounder. You know, who's the guy that's going to get to the paint? What we got to do there? But we're not going to memorize their plays in every single move because our kids just don't need that. They need to know as little as possible. We got to worry more about what we do. So I know those coaches like those four-day weeks of preparing for your league opponent, but I just like it because it breaks up our practice week. And it also, you know, it teaches our kids a little discipline. We're getting home. We got home from Minster, and I didn't get to bed till midnight. And, um, I need my eight hours of sleep, but I was back up at five thirty for for school the next day, and every kid was on time. and And I told them that's an expectation. That's what a champion does. They get there on time and they do things the right way. And every single kid in my program was at school on time on Wednesday. And that's why I love this team because it would be hard to do when you lose a game, but everybody was here ready to learn. And that's why I love these kids, and I know they're going to be successful you know, before they finish. As far as getting healthy, yeah, we are. Um, hopefully, uh, Chaz will be returning to the team soon. Um, and then um, Ryan Yinks is um, looking to be cleared here very soon and, and, and play in some games. And uh, it, 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 what, what these injuries actually did for us is they made our team deeper. We have kids that 
for instance, the guy that hits the winning shot against LCC with 15 seconds to go, he's not in the game if Ryan Yinks is healthy and playing. Does Ryan Yinks make that play? We'll never know. But for Jeffrey Simpson to get the shot that he got and made with 15 seconds to go to win the game for us, um, that is the experience we need going forth. Because the way we want to play, we want to go 9 or 10 deep. And I just didn't think at the beginning of the season we had that. But right now I think we do just because of all these kids getting these minutes with the injuries. It's awkward how your schedule sets up at the end. You go four straight away, four straight home to end the year. That I don't know that I've ever seen blocks like that to kind of bookend somebody's schedule. It's amazing. I, I'm the one that does the scheduling, too. And, and, you know, I don't even look at it. You know, I'm looking more at, hey, you want to play on a Tuesday? You want to play on Tuesday? You want to play on a Tuesday? And then if they need a home game or an away game, because we do have some new games in there. Like, so the Bakken's game, we moved – um, we used to play them at the end of the year. Well, they wanted to move it back or up back a little bit or up, however you want to say, I guess back. They wanted to move it back so that they didn't play it so close to their tournament. So that would actually, that's, that would have been a gap. And then Fort Lormie we added. Um, and the team that uh, dropped us, Continental dropped us, we played them around Christmas. Well, the only opening Fort Lormie had was to put it there. So we had to do that and they needed in a way or a home game. So we were going there. So it's not even one of those where I look at that now, now, now that you mention it, I mean, we just don't pay attention. I mean, honestly, we're six and one on the road. We lost our first game on the road uh, this year on Tuesday. So um, again, it's one of those where you don't really look at it. And fortunate enough, you know, I just, I do the scheduling. We talking about a tough schedule. I'm sorry to get off the subject here, but we added Elida next year. We're going over to the Elida field house on the 23rd. So that means we're playing Elida, Bass, Shawnee, LCC, and Walpock. When I first took this job at Perry, if you told me we were going to be playing these teams from 13 years from now, I'd be like, you're crazy. There's no way. There's no way that our teams could compete with that. Now these teams want to play, and, and it's thanks to the guys that come before these guys to help set the schedule up the way it is. I absolutely love the one aspect, and I wanted to ask you about this before I finished up, was where did the idea to – uh, you have four of them this year, and the one against LCC to play a handful of your games early, like normally when the girls would play on a Saturday afternoon. Oh, well, that's funny that you asked that. You know, that's another Frank and I thing. Um, they're high school kids, man. They're high school boys. And if you play on Friday and you can't turn around and play a few hours earlier, well, then you probably shouldn't be playing. These kids can get up and back at it that much sooner. It, two to three hours is not going to mean that much. You know, I'm not an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, but I was a big Buckeyes fan when they were playing the game to get to whatever game so that they would change all our games to the afternoon. And I knew Delphus Jefferson had called us and said, hey, if they win this game, can we switch to the afternoon? I'm like, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. So I was a big Buckeyes fan that one night, and uh, they got it smoothed up in the afternoon. But like Frank and I had said, you know, these kids don't need it. And then if you have families, it's hard to do things if you're a coach. Like, you know, a lot of these families, they can do things during the day, but now you got to come in early. You got to do a shoot around. You got to do all this. And then you get a couple hours off and then you're right back here. Why don't we just get it done, taken care of? I know the referees love it. Obviously the ones that referee boys and girls don't like it. And, and it's kind of hard to find that, but I say, Hey, let the girls take Saturday nights. They can have Thursday and Saturday nights. We'll take Friday night, and Saturday afternoon. That's what Frank and I want to do, but I don't think we'll ever get that pass. Well, it's kind of like uh, the GMC and the BBC do that some nights where the girls play like on Friday night and then the boys will play uh, like Saturday afternoon. 
and I'm all for that. But at the same time, I know, you know, we, we got to be honest um, with, with a handful of schools, there's exceptions, but you're just not going to draw the same crowds in a boys and a girls game. And like I said, there's exceptions out there, but so obviously that was obviously a long time ago, strategically placing boys games on Friday nights. Um, so a lot more people come to those games, but yeah, I'm all, I'm all for it. Like I said, I would play Thursday, Saturday, Saturday afternoon. I think that would be an excellent idea for our league to do. And maybe, maybe, maybe we're onto something. Maybe I can go to the next league meeting and talk about that. Well, you do know a guy. <laughs> Just a little bit. He has a little influence, I guess. Aaron Matthews has been fantastic commissioner. Obviously I'm a little biased because he's a friend of mine, but, um, just, um, you know, just the little things he's already done. And Dave may did a tremendous job. He just did. But Aaron Matthews is a go-getter. Everything from doing stats for everybody. I mean, he posts stats every week for all the teams and, and, and uh, he's already got a new team into our conference as two are leaving and uh, just done a fantastic job. And he has a lot of great ideas. I think it's only going to make our league that much stronger. Well, I'm happy to hear that. And I hope that at some point during the tournament that I actually get to do one of your guys' games. Well, we would love for you to call it. Obviously you do a fantastic job. You're a busy man. I, I follow you on Twitter and I just, you always have a picture of a new office every night. And I'm like, man, does this guy ever take a night off? And we appreciate everything you do for high school sports. And like you said, hopefully we can meet up sometime soon here in the tournament. Thank you. Your checks in the mail. <laughs> All right, my man. Hey, maybe check your Venmo. We're, we're good. <laughs> but uh, okay. I wish you the best luck this weekend and the rest of the season. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, we're going to keep fighting and we're going to keep playing hard and, um, we'll just see where it takes us from here. That's Matt Taylor, the coach at Perry, back with more of the show here in just a few. Danny the Dealmaker, have you ever noticed how Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a little like a sports team? Uh, no. How so? Well, you got your Lee Kinsel team starters who have all the experience and can really make things happen, like all of our salespeople. Yeah? And then you got your talent on the bench ready to back up every one of those starters to ensure that the team wins, like our incredible service people. Yep, deep bench there for sure. Then you got the front office personnel. That's all of us. You know, you're right. Lee Kinsel Chevy Buick GMC is a lot like a sports team. And if you add in our playbook, which includes so many ways to score on a new or pre-owned car truck, the simile is complete. It is. And with our biggest in the area, Lee Kinsel Selection, a customer can come in, select their favorite, and be on their way in no time. Sort of a pick and roll. Now you got it. See us at 650 West Urban Road, online at LeeKinsel.com, and on the phone at 866-LEE-KINSEL. Like Chevrolet says, find new roads. And Danny. Yeah, coach? I hope you can dance. We need some cheerleaders. Super good people over there at Lee Kinsel, and I can't say enough good things and thank yous to them for being a part of this podcast and what we're trying to do here of putting a big spotlight on high school athletics and uh, local college athletics as well. We've got so many great teams throughout the area doing big things. I know uh, I haven't been able to get to as many of them just kind of with the way the holidays have fallen, but I'm going to get back to that and... uh, Working on the college report, see how that goes the next couple of weeks, and uh, try to uh, put that spotlight on uh, everything going on. I will say I did see, I get things sent to me from time to time, a piece on Katie Hempfling at uh, Bowling Green State University where she talks about everything going on. And, you know, it's kind of, it's not surprising for anybody who's ever been around the young lady about how 
uh, her teammates glow about her and about uh, just everything that, that she's got going on, nearly uh, the qualifications for a triple-double on any given night. But uh, shout-out to BG doing big things up there. I know the University of Finley men and women are as well. And uh, Dakota Mathias, I saw not that long ago, killing it in the uh, G League team for the Dallas Mavericks. A lot of, lot of cool things going on with kids from the area in the 419 about how they're able to transition to the next level. And uh, a lot of college graduates I've seen the last handful of months too, doing big things, not necessarily in athletics, but in their life. And that's, you know, it's pretty much the thing. I actually, last couple of days, have been working on an idea for a story about, and I don't know how this is going to come about because it's a huge undertaking, but uh, kind of what it means to be from here, what it means to be an athlete and working on uh, interviews with coaches and players and, you know, parents and just uh, what people realize that the pride when you're from this area and how it's more than just championships and, and the struggle day in, day out. See how it comes about. I hopefully get some good traction on it. I want to take a look at the area standings in the bowling world. Western Buckeye League, the defending state champs in St. Mary's sitting on top of the league in the boys bracket at 7-0. Wapakoneta and Kenton behind them at 5-1. and one. Girls have Salina and Wapak on top at 6-0 and oh at St. Mary's. Right behind at 6-1. and one. And in the world of wrestling in the Western Buckeye League, you've got Wapak and Salina 6-0 and oh in duels. Defiance and St. Mary's each at 5-1. and one. Speaking of St. Mary's, like I said, every uh, once in a while I get things sent to me, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, the Rough Riders have recently ramped up their Hall of Fame. And a while back, they put the Girls Basketball Hall of Fame together, and they are looking for all the first-team Western Buckeye League selections that they're going to honor and give them a space in the school. But I love this one. A couple of days ago, St. Mary's Memorial put out, Robert Vogel was inducted in the MHS Alumni Hall of Fame. He was at the basketball game on Saturday night. He has an impressive resume that includes special forces training in the United States military, and in competitive shooting, is a three-time world champion and a 24-time national champion. He truly demonstrates the attributes of hard work and discipline that we inspire to instill in all of our children. We're blessed to have him as a member of our community. And it's such a neat thing to see all the love that that post got because that those guys, and my brother went through marksmanship training when he was in the service, and... He said that was one of the hardest things about the entire thing, just to to have the patience. And that really kind of shows you and helps mold you of being able to, you know, to shoot effectively. And so congratulations to him because that's, uh, that's a ton. I mean, three world titles and 24 national titles. Congratulations to Robert. That's, uh, that's something else. A look at Friday night, just a couple hours away. From the start of this weekend's full slate of basketball games. Western Buckeye League games this weekend. Shawnee travels to Van Wert. Salina on K94 is in Ottawa to take on the Titans. Wapakoneta at Elida. Defiance at Bath. Kenton at St. Mary's. Uh, you've got uh, Salina. And you heard Matt Tabler talk about, or excuse me, Shawnee. And you heard Matt Tabler talk about how good that that Shawnee program is. Uh, 
just uh, doing otherworldly things right now. Northwest Conference play. Spencerville looking for their first league win. Takes on Bluffton at the Pirate Ship. Lincoln View travels to Battle Island East. Crestview and Ada holding at Delphus Jefferson. Big Mac games. Devil St. John's at Marion Local. Parkway at Versailles. Fort Recovery at Coldwater. At one of my favorite places. In the Palace there in Coldwater. Minster at New Bremen. And New Knoxville at St. Henry. Just a varsity only contest starting at 6.30 there. Track schedule sees Lima Senior take on St. Francis. Toledo Central Catholic at Finley. Toledo St. John's hosts Fremont Ross. Whitmer hosts Clay. And the Blanchard Valley Conference gets a couple of uh, big games. You get Liberty Benton, Riverdale, Lipsick, Macomb, Van Orgaboa, Van Buren, Van Leeuwen, Arcadia, North Baltimore, and Corey Rawson. Lipsick actually does the double dip in conference play tomorrow night where they uh, play in the Putnam County League and they take on Kaleida in a game that will be on WZOQ Radio, as will the uh, OG Lady Titans contest in Delta as they take on a Delta squad they beat last year at home, but an hour and 40 minutes from my house means an early an early leave. NWCC play. I heard Matt Tabler talk about Perry hosting Ridgemont. Waynesville Goshen gets upper side of Valley. Riverside goes to Elgin. Harden Northern goes to Temple Christian. Good non-league contests. Uh, Lehman Catholic and Jackson Center. You get Shelby County League play with Anna visiting Rushi. Fort Loramie goes to Houston. Botkins at Fairlawn. And the lone Putnam County League contest, which is on zsportslive.com tonight, is Audeville at Fort Jennings. And uh, that's, that's the look as we get closer and closer to the tournament draw. There's going to be a lot of teams in these districts who are going to find new homes because you heard Matt Tabler talk about it. There's a lot of different uh, locations for a lot of teams this year and maybe some teams they're not familiar with. It should make for quite an interesting run to Columbus. That's all I've got for the show this week. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it. Next week, Joe Dre talks about area female grapplers in the area and so much more. Uh, big thanks to Matt Tabler and Keith Utendorf for uh, being on the show again. Utendorf is the first to ever be two times. The answer to a lot of trivia questions, only half of which I could talk about on the show. But uh, big thanks to them as well. Thank you so much for listening, wherever that you may be. Here I go. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.